You are listening to the Tricer Podcast, where we talk all things hunting, gear, and the great outdoors. Before we begin, let's start things out right and put God first. Lord Jesus, I thank you for Tricer, and I ask that you can use this podcast as a way to bring joy to all of our listeners. We lay Tricer and this podcast at your feet. Amen. Welcome to the Tricer Podcast. One more episode. This episode, we have a special guest, Father Stephen Gadbury from Arkansas. He is a Catholic priest who is also a big game hunter. Um, I'm so excited to have you on and just talk to you and just have another man of God on the podcast and just hear about your life and how you got into hunting. So tell hey, me about Drew. you. Yeah, thanks for the invite, man. It's it's always cool to connect with other guys who love the Lord and 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 love love God's creation and and hunting is. It's just something that uh, it's a passion of mine that's brought me closer to the Lord and, and helps me. It's been a really cool avenue for meeting other people that then allows me to bring them to the Lord. So it's just uh, it's so cool. So I look forward to talking a little bit about that. Yeah, I uh, there is so much that like connects God to hunting and God to the outdoors. And um, I find it's a great tool for me to get to talk to people. I think mm-hmm. it's a great tool for me with my sons. I have five children. Uh, my older boys both hunt. Like having them in the truck with me for eight hours driving to another state or, or even one hour in the morning driving to the local mountains, just getting to talk to them, be with them, right? Mm-hmm. There's something about it that is just primal and I feel like it was we were meant to do it, right? Um, yeah. I love, I mean, in a, on a whole nother level, when you get to experience the suck with someone and experience this like, miserable thing out there and be together. There's something that just bonds men together, right? Mm. Sitting around a fire, telling hunting stories. Um, I was reading uh, John 21 yesterday. I was, I was thinking about you. I just finished up John for like the umpteenth time. I read John probably four or five times a year. And uh, in John 21, the disciples are out on the boat uh, and they've now, Jesus is, Jesus is, uh, you know, risen again but he's you know they're going back to normal life and they're going back to fishing they're out in the ocean they're just like whatever we'll just go back to fishing and uh so jesus appears and says hey boneheads put your net on the other side of the boat and they <laughs> you know they can't even pull the net in and then peter realizes or john says it's the lord and then peter he goes you know gets his clothes back on because apparently he's naked on the boat fishing and he jumps in to swim to jesus which is kind of funny because the boat arrives at the same time as Peter has swum, right? So he's just that <laughs> excited. And uh, by the time they get there, Jesus has a fire going, and he's got some fish on the fire already ready for him. Yeah. So that means the Lord had uh, prepared fish. He had either caught some fish or had some fish, gutted the fish. I'm sure he didn't just snap his fingers out of the fish there. Um, there's something about it that he just, you know, wanted to sit around a fire and and eat something they caught, right? And, and I, that's, yeah. that goes so far with our relationships. When I hunt too, I'm not only hunting with Christians at all. I mean, most of my hunting partners aren't Christians, but we're able to go and share an experience that I feel like God created for us mm-hmm. in nature. And we're able to experience the outdoors, right? You get up on top of a mountain and you look out, you know, and there's the clouds and the sun rising and the birds, you know, it's dark and it's, it's starting to get light and the birds start chirping and the squirrels start running and you start, you know, animals start coming up. Like there's something about that that is just, just God. Everything about it is just, you just yeah. feel the presence of God and you see God in all of his creation. And uh, I really feel like hunting is a great way to experience God mm-hmm. and to share the gospels 
So, um, yeah, just, there we go. Yeah, man, St. Augustine refers to uh, creation and nature as a gospel. He calls it the gospel of creation. And it, it makes so much sense that it's, it's such a spiritually powerful time for us to be out there. It gets us back to the, the most primal elements of our life, of who we are, the most basic things of humanity and existence in itself, cre- creation and everything. And, and it intimately connects us to the circle of life. For us to continue to live, something has to die. And, you know, in a real in a real way where there's vegetables or fruit that we're plucking off the vine or the tree or an animal that we're harvesting. And the same is true for love. You know, brother, like if a real love is a sacrificial love. And so there's that death to self. And so it's just this element of creation and hunting. I think it it really forces us to stand toe to toe with the sacrificial nature of love and and the the value of life and the the cost of love that it man it ain't cheap it ain't cheap yeah so um tell me about your your i guess your parish right your, tell me about yeah that. yeah so uh right now i'm in little rock um the city of little rock is dead in the right in the center of the state uh, just moved here about a year ago. We've got around 9,000 people here at the church, about 90% Hispanic. we got a preschool through a eighth through eighth grade, school with pre, pre-kinder through through eighth grade. Uh, man, it's just rocking and rolling. Uh, there's a lot going on. I was ordained a priest in 2016 um, after about an eight-year program of, of preparation of school, four years in southern Louisiana with some monks, a bunch of uh, Benedictine monks. So we just worked and prayed and studied all day. Uh, and then four years in Rome, Italy, which is cool. Good food, cool people, and just uh, a lot of history. Um, but now I'm here in Little Rock doing this. And, and in my free time, I love being in the woods. It's a uh, ministry is such a, a busy, busy thing of always putting stuff out, you know, like giving to people, giving in service. It's it, continual pouring out. And it's always loud, and and there's always stuff going on. So hunting is it being in, out in the woods is is a great time just to be still and know that God is God. You know, as the Psalm says. Yeah, I uh, I'm in ministry. I mean, nothing like you, but I mean, I'm in ministry three days a week with Bible studies mm. and youth groups and church and whatever. I'm on the board, and there's always something going on. And then I've run all these businesses. Man, there is something to be said about going on a hunt where you have no cell phone service mm-hmm. and you can just be out there, not have people pulling at you. And I couldn't imagine being you with all those people underneath you. It's you, uh, you do kind of have to, I mean, I know you give it to God, but you, you, you get to hear all the, the problems and everybody's coming to you. And it's, so that, that is a heavy load to bear. And I know you're doing it with God, but, uh, getting out there, I can imagine that being pretty, you know, cathartic for you and pretty, uh, you know, yeah. peaceful. Oh, it's man, it's necessary. I mean, a ministry, there's a lot of great times. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's so many amazing, beautiful, grace-filled moments, but a lot of ministry is people coming up at the worst moments of their life. Mm-hmm. Most people don't, don't call the office to make an appointment with me and to bring in their whole family. <laughs> you hear my dog <laughs> to, to, but they don't, they don't, um, they won't call an appointment to make a call the office to make an appointment with me and bring in their whole family just to say, Hey, we just want to tell you life is great. Little little uh, Susie here is getting straight A's in school. Little Timmy, he's on the all-star baseball team. He's He makes his bed every day. Usually they're coming in saying, hey, my marriage is falling apart. My kid's in trouble. So it's just 
bam, one thing after another. And, uh, yeah, getting out of the woods is a good time to just decompress. So I don't know, like, if it's common for uh, priests to be hunters and avid outdoorsmen. <laughs> but, I mean, you it, – it's, it's when I saw you and I think you followed me. Um, you liked one of my ads or something and – so I hit you up and I said, Hey man, I'd love to have you on. This is to me, it seems a little taboo. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe all you guys are just killers out there just chasing elk and, <laughs> and doing stuff. But how did you become a, a hunting priest? Yeah. Yeah. It's not too common. There are a number of guys that I know that do it. A number of priests that, I, that, that do hunt, but uh, yeah, you're right. It's not common. Um, and uh so i started in 2017 that was the first time i really went hunting i grew up on a farm in in the arkansas delta so i was familiar with firearms and the outdoors and hard work familiar with all that but we just didn't hunt we'd go shoot turtles or snakes or you know you know birds flying by or something like that just squirrels just what typical boys typically do um did that uh growing up but it was in 2017 that i went hunting for the first time a guy there at the church had some land and said, hey, come on out and just get you a deer. We have a ton of whitetails here in Arkansas, a ton. So he said, come on out. So he put me up in his little box stand with his 270, and he said, if any of them that you want, you can take. And then sure enough, about an hour later, a doe walks out, and and, and I experienced just the that heartbeat going up and then the excitement and um, just boom, you know, took it, and it was an amazing experience. And uh, I said, this is kind of fun. I, th I think I, I may look into this. I, I picked up a bow, a cheap little kid's bow, uh, just to see if I would enjoy it. So I shot a little kid's bow all summer, that following summer. And then in October of 2018, got my first buck, first buck ever. And it was my first deer with a, 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 a compound bow. And um, I was hooked. I was hooked. And so, yeah, since, since then, I've been in over my head of, with with archery and, and rifles and, and all sorts of game. So isn't uh, shooting a bow, there's something about that that's kind of uh, meditative too. I mean, like for me, like I'll have a stressful day and I can walk outside and fling 15, 20 arrows and it's like, man, it's just great. And yeah. That is one of those things too, where it is like a self-reliant thing too with archery where it's all on you. You know, it's, if, it, if you miss, it's on you. If you shoot it great, it's on you. It's just, yeah, it really. There's something about it that I just love that uh, really kind of disconnects me from my day. It just puts me into a focused time, and I can I can pray during that time. I can, you know, it's just a good time to think and meditate, and you know, get along with God. Yeah, it, I mean, it requires focus and attention, but not in a. It, it's just such a good thing. Yeah, repetitive, and it's almost like hypnotic you know not not like a weird you know like a, a weird way, yeah. but it's just like you kind of get in this little like in the zone kind of state. And that's, I mean, that's what intimate prayer is like. You, when you have those intimate prayer moments with the Lord, it's that same flow state, if you want to call it that, whatever you want to call it. But like some clicks, everything's going and it's like, whoa, wow, I'm, you know, I'm deep in the word with the scripture. And, it's, and then you can read it, read it, read it. But every now and then you'll get to some passages and just something happens. You get in that, in that state of just like big intimacy with the Lord. Archery is the same thing. And you can shoot arrows over and over. You know, bullets are kind of hard to shoot again once you shot them once. <laughs> you got to reload them. But, um. I got a, I have a funny, this is kind of off, really off topic, but I have a, a friend from India. He's a pastor 
and he comes over here and, and teaches uh, my Bible study and we support him a little bit. And um, he was a Hindu and uh, he's a rich man. He's a Hindu and he was worshiping cobras and all this stuff. And he said, somehow I can remember how he got the Bible. He got the Bible and, and he said he read Matthew and he rolled a joint and he smoked Matthew. And then he uh, read Mark, he rolled it and smoked it. And then he rolled, read Luke, he rolled it and smoked it. And he goes, then I got to John and John smoked me. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> and, and he uh so he hit that state like john he hit john and the guy just got good and saved and now he's got like 20 churches all over india and his providence wow. and, and he's like yeah so that's where he was at he's like i literally smoked it i made cigarettes with it and then i got to wow. john and, and and john smoked me and that's always stuck with me i've met him i've known him for about probably 10 years now maybe a little bit longer yeah. probably longer actually I, that's that's always stuck with me john smoked me oh, cool so Another thing that's kind of cool uh, is you've got some grit, obviously, right? You were you grew up on a farm, you're hardworking, and then you went into the military, mm-hmm. which again, I don't, I don't like for some reason, I just don't, it doesn't, it just doesn't transcend for me, right? And now you're a hunter, so, and then you've got you're running this, this giant, you know, this giant nine thousand person parish. I think that has a lot to do with your grit and your hard work ethic, mm-hmm. and how does that transcend to you from being from a hunter to being a father? Man. How does that? Yeah. So just, I mean, as you know, as a father yourself, as a dad yourself, um, you know, I don't have any biological children. I got a, a ton of kids here at the school and the family and, every, you know, all the members of the church. The, the majority of life is you just got to show up and keep punching the clock. I mean, <laughs> th- things don't happen if you don't show up. So you just keep showing up and, and um, you know, hunting of course pulls that out i love uh working out i love fitness and so that's another way of kind of testing my limits but um with with ministry it's it's cool i've reflected a lot on this before you don't finish it you never get it done as as men we like to start mowing the yard and get the yard mowed we like to build stuff and like we get it done but ministry is tough because it doesn't finish like it you don't get it done. So it's not so much a matter of getting these tasks done, but rather participating in this big story of salvation, right? Getting it, jumping into this, this thing with the Lord and participating with him. And, um, and man, it's a grind sometimes, but, but it's when you're, you've been grinding for so long and then just so beat down and worn out that like, there's an aspect of surrender that comes about and then the Lord can really work. He's like, okay, are you done trying to fix all this? Now let me in and let me do it. And, uh, so he's, he, he, he comes in, but, but yeah, it's, it's a grind. Yeah, I was just having this conversation recently with a guy who goes to my Bible study and he was, he's got good and saved about a year ago and he's just struggling with some stuff. And I was talking to him about sanctification. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you get saved. It isn't like you get saved and it's over. It's just starting. It never mm-hmm. ends. Mm-hmm. Sanctification is the process of growing more and more like Christ. And you never could be Christ. You could do that until you die. You're going to be right. being sanctified and going through things and doing things. And I think that is true, too, what you're saying about, uh, you know, you just show up. And so much of that transcends into hunting as well. Like mm. a lot of times your success in hunting isn't so much the skill. There's skills part of it. A lot of it is just you not being willing to quit. Yeah. Right. You not you not going back to the the tent to or the cot to lay down at lunchtime, but you staying out at one o'clock, and all of a sudden a bull stands up, mm-hmm. you know, or a deer stands up, and you kill that deer yeah. because you didn't quit. And that really does transcend into everything from hunting to life to business. It's 
it's when you when you get kicked in the teeth and you get back up and keep going. It's yeah. when you really see success in ministry and business and, and hunting. Mm-hmm. So it's when you get uh, when things are going all wrong and the weather's bad and you decide to pack up and go home. Yeah. You know, I've never stayed for the whole length of a hunt and regretted it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you know, I have st- I have left a day or two early and regretted it yep. because it's like, man, if I would once you once you you leave, you're not getting that tag back, Mm-mm. right? You have that tag, and if you you quit two days early because you're just beat up and tired and you're not seeing anything. Mm-hmm. Man, you you can't get those back. I just want to stay the whole time and do give it everything I had in me to make sure I'm successful. I, I tell people all the time when they ask me like, "How are you successful in business or these things or ministries?" and I just say, "I'm too dumb to quit." Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I think God God really just gave me something where it's just like He just made me too stupid to quit. I don't know. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and you know through those things you keep getting you know punched in the teeth and getting knocked down, but. I mean, think of a bad shot that you, that you've made. You know, I've, I've I've had my fair share, and then I go home at night. And I'm thinking, gosh, did I hit that deer or not? I couldn't find blood, or you lose a blood trail, and you just go through this over and over and over and over in your head, and you analyze it and pick everything apart, and you go back to the drawing board. You know, like it's almost when things go wrong and you stop and wrestle with it and analyze it and grow from it that you become a better hunter much more than. When everything goes perfect, you walk out in the first 20 minutes, an animal comes double lung. And then, then it's in the back of your truck. You know, like, yeah, I mean, that's pretty sweet. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> you didn't grow much in that. You were, you were really yeah. blessed in that. But when you struggle through a hunt and a uh, bad shot, whatever it is, and you learn back, back to the archery thing, that's, I mean, the, 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 the words in scripture, in the old Testament, Greek and in, in the Hebrew and the old Testament, also in the Greek and the new both of the words for sin, you may know this, uh, it's called, you know, missing the mark. Chata, the word in Hebrew is the word chata, and it means to miss the marks, to sin. And it's the exact same word that they used for, like, in uh, like in hunting. If you miss your bullseye, you miss your archery target, you miss your animal, you chata, you miss the mark. And if you're zeroing in your gun, zeroing in your sight and in your bow, you have to be willing to shoot miss the bullseye like knowing that you're dialing it in i'm gonna miss the bullseye but i gotta see if i'm on paper you take it you evaluate where it hit how far off make an adjustment and you shoot again and you, and you just inch it closer to the bullseye so for that thing of sanctification and that's what it is it's being willing to knock another arrow adjust your sight take another shot and just keep getting to the bullseye keep getting to the center keep getting to christ that's awesome. That's really good. Um, so I want to hear some of your hunting stories. You, you, you're getting out West a little bit now too, right? You're not just out in Arkansas and whitetails. I see you're like wearing Kuyu and you're, uh, you're coming out West now and you've really got the bug. Yeah, so man. What I, do you, ch- a little bit of everything, man. So, uh, a few years ago went on, a you know, elk hunt out there, which was absolutely amazing. And I've, gone back every fall since with some friends um i got one elk last year on a on a big ranch out there but still haven't gotten a public land elk so that's what i'm really wanting to grind through and that's tough man elk black bear got an antelope a few years ago in new mexico a friend out there has a, a big ranch and i was just able to get one of their landowner tags they're in 
uh, northeast New Mexico, and I'm still new to hunting, so I go out there to smoke a just a a booner of a of an antelope, and uh, and it was only after the fact that I re- realized that man, that's like a 25 point unit, <laughs> like <laughs> to get them tags oh, wow. is is just crazy, and so just just smoked a sweet antelope, ton of whitetail here in Arkansas, love that, of course waterfowl, but I love the big game, um, and uh, uh, yeah, so that just it's just fun, man, chasing chasing them all i've got a, a, a hunt plan for october in idaho and uh that's that'll be the last western hunt for this season what what tag is that it's really cool it's an elk tag but the way that this particular tag works is i can use it for an elk or i could use it for a bear wolf or or a, deer. Or, or a, uh, a mountain lion so if any of those okay. things come i can punch the tag on any of those so basically an elk or any any lesser or lower price tag underneath you could use it for a you can use it for a mule deer as well right i don't know for a mule deer i'm not sure okay yeah i can't remember i I had a hunt up there okay yeah we had a hunt up there and we flew in and we got dropped off and we spent eight days back there and it changed my life Mm. it just ruined me all i want to do is go on these big adventures now and just it was it was so neat we ended up i didn't even kill anything my, my buddy killed a bull. We ended up getting two deer down as well. Um, mm. There's four of us. And it was just incredible, man. That's God's country up there. If it wasn't so cold, man, I'd, I'd seriously consider moving <laughs> out moving out west. So I got thin blood, man. And uh, one of the coolest hunts, actually, happened two days ago in southern Louisiana. I went on my first gator hunt. And, man, that oh, is wow. wild. It's wild. It's such a social thing. You're talking and everything, just hanging out. We were running ditches is what we were uh, at a big crawfish farm. And they're just gators all over the place. You, you, you run some set hooks and then go back through and check your lines and then pull one up. And, you know, if there's, you know, if there's one on there, you, you take it. And uh, we got two seven footers and 11 footer. And uh, I got mine with a recurve, which is really a, a cool experience. And those things, they got, they got two speeds. It's just like almost asleep in the water or going after your neck and they and when they flip that switch they just go they are mad at the world them, them gators but yeah i got mine with a with this um with that recurve but another buddy got his with a compound that 11 footer was the last one we got and last hook we checked even we pulled up and big old water hole it was muddy we knew there was one on there we walked up there it was four of us two guys from louisiana and couple of us from Arkansas and my buddy pulls on the line and just you can see his face change he said y'all get ready it's a big one so we knock arrows and he's pulling up and this was like a movie <laughs> because the it was like looked like chocolate milk or you know coffee with milk in it and you just see this dark shadow like getting darker and darker as the head's coming up to the coming up to the top of the water and then that sucker's head breaks the the water and them eyes are just looking at us and she is ticked. And as soon as we saw that, buddy with the compound released his arrow, just went up, glanced the skull. It didn't even, it just didn't do anything. I didn't even take a shot because it's I'm like, I'm not going to mess with it. And we immediately you know, pulled out the, the firearms and <laughs> and uh, had, you know, took care of her. But it was, it was about six feet in front of us right down the steep, steep bank into the ditch. So she's down. She's She's not moving. So I climbed down there with a big rope to tie up to her, and I bear hug her to get get under her armpits and everything. 
So I got it wrapped around my arm and I'm standing on the other ropes that, that the bait hook was set on. And uh, as soon as I start to tie it down, she starts that, doing that death roll thing. And um, boy, I was out of that ditch like a cartoon, man. Tom and Jerry, I came <laughs> running out. But they, we got so you laughs. shot her. You shot her and she was still alive. Yeah. Yeah. So these gators, you know, something will come up to the water to drink and they'll just bite onto whatever they can, a leg, a nose, a tail, and just start spinning. And that, that kind of, they pull an animal in the water, drown it, and they eat it. So they'll do that whenever they're killing something. And also whenever they die, all their muscle spasms, it just does that same thing. And so we got this 600 pound gator ropes all around her and I'm tangled up in these ropes and she could have she could have <laughs> twisted me up like spaghetti but I'm luckily got my hand and foot out of it so man yeah it was it, it got intense for a second <laughs> oh I bet they were laughing pretty hard oh gosh them Cajun boys are so fun man they are yeah. fun people yeah yeah so that was probably yeah it's it just a fun hunt yeah there, there is something to said about like there's experiences you get hunting like that, this near death experience with a gator. Yeah. That I think only hunters really understand it, right? Some of these miserable hike outs we do, or these you get stuck in a storm, or you're 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 climbing on the side of a you know shale face, and one wrong step you're gonna roll to your death. Mm-hmm. There's something about it that is just primal, right? Like it, even the Bible talks about David's uh, mighty man like climbing down the ditch and killing a lion. Yeah. Like just for the just for the fun of it. Yeah. Like there's something about it that just is, uh, it's manly and meant to be. Oh yeah. Who uh, who was it in the old Testament? I don't remember Joshua. I could be totally wrong. I don't remember who it was. One of them, the boys were, were making, were, uh, taunting him and making fun of him. (laughs) He said, basically said like, I'm going to, I'm going to pray down some bears on you. And he prayed to sit the bears. Yeah. Man, those tough hunts though, really forge friendships and deepen our identity and who we are as people. Some mm-hmm. of the best memories I have um, are in ministry through terrible times. Like, But being with people through those tough times, like at the foot of the cross is what it is. And the same thing, some of the best memories I have have been just going through the hardest grinds with some of my best friends in the woods. We were hunting elk yeah. a few years ago. It was middle of September. We woke up, you know, it's pretty chilly in the mornings. Um, you know, high 30s or so, early September. We so by the time you know sun come up and 10, 10 o'clock or so rolled around, it was in the mid 60s, and then a, a storm cloud comes in, and by noon it's snowing, and by the oh, by the man. time the sun goes down, there's 10 inches of snow, and we had about a three mile hike back out of it, uh, through all that snow, and it was just bizarre and it was terrible but it was some fun memories on that one too yeah i love uh type two fun it's definitely takes a different breed of person right like my hunting partners they have to enjoy type two fun like there's a lot of people who want me to take them hunting Mm -hmm. but i won't i won't take them hunting because they just want me to take them to kill something yeah what i look for in a hunting partner is somebody that when that snowstorm comes in they just deal with it and enjoy it and you know, or when it's raining, they're still out there hunting with me in the rain, looking for those elk or looking for those deer. Uh, it's a different breed of person that goes out and uh, hikes through three miles of snow and says, that was a fun experience. You know? Yeah. But one of my good buddies, hunting buddies, he's got a uh, bison farm. His little slogan is into the storm. 
and uh yeah that's that's kind of what it's like just head down into the storm that's awesome man well i think that kind of brings us to an end there uh what do you what else you got for us anything you want to leave us with man just i mean just keep showing up is is one thing i would say just uh i'd share that with everybody last thing would and whatever you show up to give it everything you got saint ignatius loyola was a saint he's the one that founded the jesuits um a, a religious order you know would focus on preaching and teaching just all over the world and but ignatius loyola for his brothers in this group that he had he had this phrase that he would tell them it was aji quote ajis it's actually it's it's said in one part of the movie tombstone um and but the phrase is aji quote ajis it means literally do what you're doing but the sense of the phrase is be all in whatever you're doing do it 100 percent. and that's what i would tell people so uh, if you're going to go hunting, give it everything you've got, and that's going to give glory to God. If you if you do arts and crafts at home, give it everything you've got. If you're going to work or you got your first kid and you're trying to figure it all out, you're not sleeping because your baby's up all night. Well, give it everything you got, and uh, just there's a lot of grace in that. If people that are all in, people that are give it their whole heart, man, God God can do some great things with that. So keep showing up and be all in and. And just trust that that the Lord does so much with that. Yeah, that is awesome, man. Um, let's have you uh, wrap us up with a prayer. You know how to pray? Yeah, you pray man. a lot. I saw it on YouTube. <laughs> saw it on YouTube once. All right, All right. Let's, let's, All right. let's wrap us up. Right. Thank you. Cool. Cool. Uh, God of mercy and love, we just give you thanks for this day and the the gift of life. We give you thanks for loving us into existence and allowing us to love you through creation. Um, uh, just through all through anyone that listens to this podcast now or tomorrow or 20 years from now or anybody uh, that, that, that is connected to it in any way, just fill them with your love and your grace and give them a, a deeper appreciation for that the gospel of creation. I just pray that you bless Drew and his family uh, so that he can continue to be a, a conduit of your love. Um, be with me and my ministry as well and, and above all let us do do all things for your glory amen amen thank you for listening to the tricer podcast do us a favor a like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on give us a follow on instagram and facebook at tricer usa and go and check out all of our innovative gear at www.tricerusa.com until next time shoot straight have fun and always put God first.